0: The crowd was given a choice, and it certainly seemed to be an obvious choice. On the one hand, Jesus, the prophet, who had healed, who had taught, who had performed miracles, and who had even healed the ear of his enemy. And there was Barabbas. Unlike Jesus, Barabbas had gone through an appropriate and just trial. And had been found guilty of insurrection, so he had made an attempt at overthrowing the empire and had failed miserably at it. Seemed like a pretty easy choice and a clear choice, and indeed it was. And those in the crowd who were there made the clear and easy choice. They called for Barabbas to be freed. Now, one of the interesting things is I think for too long we've thought, well, that's a fickle crowd. The same crowd that said, Hosanna! Uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord on Palm Sunday or Lamb Selection Day uh, at the Passover week is the same crowd that shall crucify him. Not so fast. I did hear that actually on the evening news before I came up here this evening. They were uh, talking about the Passion Play downtown and they were interviewing a priest and, and he talked about the crowd who could one day acclaim Jesus and later in the week turn him down. But there's a lot of scholarship recently that says that's very likely not the case. That the kind of people who are there on what we call Palm Sunday, a large crowd, is there because they're there to do business. They're there to pick up their lamb or or have their lamb prepared that will be sacrificed later in the week. A lot of people who couldn't raise their lamb purchased one there. And so there's a lot of activity, a lot of business when Jesus comes in. But here, early in the morning, because most of this activity is taking place at night, early in the morning, this illegal trial, there's not a whole lot of people gathering. And so the evidence seems to be that the people who are there are the ones that the priests wanted to be there and had arranged to be there for this occasion. In other words, friend, the vote was fixed. The priests had riled up the crowd and had had gotten the crowd they wanted, and the crowd delivered the verdict that they wanted delivered. Now, I think this is important for two reasons. The first is this. Over the centuries, there's been much anti-Semitism because uh, we think of the, the, the Jews, in quotes, as those who were there on Sunday and again on Friday, and how could they be so fickle, and how could they turn on Jesus, when in actuality, the Jews that are talked about here are a religious establishment. And I think, secondly, the important thing about that is they are people to whom this was not an open decision. Their minds were already made up. Some of the best trained minds in Jerusalem who knew the practices of the temple and were faithful about the temple, the, temple, the most religious people around already had their minds closed and made up, and they sentenced Jesus to death. I think this is important because it reminds me that sometimes the lesson of Holy Week has to do with how open I am to see the new things that God is doing. Or am I closed off and I believe only what I've always believed and I might miss God and this missing of God was fatal. But the second thing I want to raise with you is this. Why is it that their minds were so closed? Why is it the religious leaders were so opposed to Jesus? I'm sure there's a number of reasons that they were opposed to a man who had healed the sick, multiplied food in a hungry nation, and it actually, according to the Gospel of John, raised the dead. What's not to like? Well, the issue here, I think, is the religious leaders were not against Jesus because of what he did. It seems that they were more against Jesus because of what he had not yet done. He had not fulfilled their vision of a Messiah, which was to come in, overthrow the Romans, kick their butt, bounce them out, put the, re- the religious leaders on the throne, and make sure there was food for all and health and prosperity and well-being for all. He had not done that, and that's what they expected a Messiah to do. And so when it came to a vote, the easy call was at least Barabbas is trying something. He's at least going after the Romans. Let's give him another chance to fail at this. It seems to me the issue is not whether the religious leaders believed in Jesus. I mean, they obviously believed he existed and apparently pretty well believed he raised the dead. It's what they really believed about a Messiah. And they had the belief that when the Messiah came, all their troubles would be cured. That when the Messiah came, they would be first in line. When the Messiah came, there would be no problems at all. And life would be exactly as they wanted it to be. In fact, it is known that one of the things the Jews would console each other with During the Roman occupation was this. When one of their daughters was taken away into slavery or a son into slavery or something terrible would happen, they would console each other with, don't worry, one day when the Messiah comes, this will all get fixed. And with that picture the Messiah and everything didn't get fixed, well, the next best thing is, let's go to another Messiah. And so they did. I'm just wondering... If one of the things that God had intended we learn from the Messiah is this, it's not so much that when the Messiah comes, all of our problems will go away. Maybe it's this, that when our problems come, the Messiah will be right there with us. Maybe Jesus didn't come promising everything would always work out the way he wanted. Maybe he came promising that no matter how things were working out for us, He would always be with us.